0: Bitch, you need to hear this. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Bitch, You Need to Hear This with your favorite host and storyteller, Katie Ploss. You have made it to the third episode, which if you are listening to this, I now consider you a loyal listener. Thank you for being here. All your support is so appreciated and I cannot wait for today's episode. I think it's going to be my favorite. I know I'm going to have the most fun because we're going to lighten the load a little bit. The last two episodes you have just listened to were the heaviest darkest moments of my entire life and today's story is going to be focused on how I moved through that and how I healed my heart. And so I'm so excited to share this with you today because my healing has been my healing has been the catalyst in being able to share this podcast with you all and my healing has been the catalyst to be able to share the women's stories that are going to be joining us in future episodes so i'm very excited that we're here we've arrived you have all stayed with me through the toughest darkest year of my life so today story the only trigger warnings are Pertain directly to any references I might make to my abortion or my suicide attempts. Um, There are no trigger warnings. However, I'm going to be talking a lot about some fuckboys and I'm going to be talking a lot about past relationships that are somewhat recent. So if you're one of these people that were in my life during that time, This episode just might trigger you because it's like fresh and some of these events were new, but I think for the most part, we're pretty safe. Let's dive into part three, the final installment of Katie's 2020 epic heartbreak story. So just to re-acclimate us to where we're at in time, I had sold my house and moved back in with my parents. And the actual date I sold my house was December 17th, 2020. And the the, the day that I closed on my house, I, I just remember so clearly driving home, silently crying to myself. And I said, you know what? This is the last time that I am crying over my life with Voldemort. I'm done crying over it. I seriously t- cried. I cried constantly when when I was still adjusting to my medication and stuff. I was crying all the time. And so I finally told myself like, OK, I'm done crying over Voldemort. I have grieved this for most of 2020 from April to December and I'm done and mind you I just want to remind you that my therapist had said Katie I really think you need to stop dating men for an entire calendar year and I said fuck that I said I am 27 and I'm gonna meet a man I need if I'm gonna live if I'm gonna be alive then I'm gonna At least, at least attempt to meet a person, or, or bide bide my time, because I couldn't stand the thought of dying alone. And I would constantly say that to people, like, "Oh, I'm gonna die alone. I'm gonna die alone. Like, I'm never gonna meet anyone." And everyone would roll my roll their eyes at me. But I like really, I really believed that. I was like, "There's This has ruined my entire life." and There is no love in the cards for me. I really believed that wholeheartedly, and people would like laugh at me and stick their nose up and be like, "You are so overdramatic and dumb." But that was my experience. That was my truth. So there was no, but but there was no way that I was just gonna like resign myself to being alone. So I was immediately, I was always on dating apps, always talking to guys. I. And I'm going to take us out of chronological order for this episode because there's just so many highlights. And this episode today is dedicated to the honorable mentions, the honorable mentions of men that really finally taught me that the only cure to healing my heart is to heal my own heart. And the whole saying, like, you get over somebody by getting under somebody else, did not work for me. But it took me all of 2021 to learn that lesson. Let's begin at the beginning. I pretty much played it cool for most of November of 2020. And then just so like a a month after being home from the psych unit, in the hospital. I, I spent about a month, like, not dating. And, and then after a month, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna get back at it. So stupid. Um But that's what I decided to do against the advice of my therapist. I, I got on Hinge and Bumble, and I started connecting with all kinds of guys. My friends and I, my friends, my... Sp- Friends and relationships loved taking over my dating apps. They would, you know, swipe for me. Sometimes I'd let them make my profile. Sometimes we would airplay it to the TV and it would be like our fun post bachelor night, you know, activities to swipe on Katie's Bumble and, and message guys and stuff. And my coupled and married friends like just fucking love that shit. And I started in general, besides dating, I also was just getting out more. And I got to give credit to my BFF, Gabby, um, because she really kind of brought me out from my parents' house. I mean, she lives in the same town as my parents, and she started getting me to to come out a lot of my good girlfriends that I've been friends with for a long time all lived out of state and I've you know I've known Gabby for only a couple years now but she knew what was going on and she started inviting me out and I decided pretty quickly that I wasn't I was gonna stop saying no I was just gonna say yes and 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 it that was the first step was saying yes and not isolating um, because, I mean, the month I got back from the hospital, I isolated myself pretty good. I binge watched the entire series of Heart of Dixie and I can't recommend enough that series, especially if you're going through a hard time. It like just such a great escape. But after I got done with that, um, I also... I took a vacation to Disney World and then I decided, okay, I am going to start saying yes when people invite me to do things. And Gabby was inviting me to do something every other day. It felt like we would, you know, drink wine and, you know, shoot the shit and, you know, watch The Bachelor. And, you know, her fiance would bring his buddies over and we'd all drink and, you know, whatever. Like we were just doing our thing. At that time, I had like a pretty solid rotation of like at least four guys at a time that I was in some stage of talking to or hanging out with. And they all have a different story. The end of December, I kind of started to like limit the rotation of guys because for various reasons. And Some of them started to limit me because I, you know, every guy that had like some type of promise, I would start to get in my head about it potentially being a relationship and like I would self-sabotage it. So there was a lot of that going on during that time, too, because I just wasn't healed. I was not in a place to attract a mate or a partner. I was not a partner to myself. I still had no awareness or accountability for that, I like still hated and loathed myself. And I really didn't care if I lived or died. Like I, I didn't. And so there was, i I know now that there was no way I was going to attract my partner, but I was just living in the moment day to day. I was totally just getting, surviving and moving through life like that. By the end of December, I was kind of like there was a little bit of a lull in the rotation and Gabby, I was in bed and watching the new season of Bridgerton and I was like so cozy. It was the end of December. It wasn't New Year's, but close. And Gabby calls me and she's like, get out of bed and get out of your pajamas. And it was like 8 p.m. And I'm like, how do you know I'm in my pajamas? She goes, bitch, I know you get the fuck up. Come over here. We are drinking. And I'm like, who's we? She proceeds to tell me who's there. And it's like, it's her, her fiance and two of his buddies that like, one of them being a friend from high school and one of them being their neighbor. And both of these dudes, I, did not care for them. I have all, like, I I thought that they both were just kind of like D bags and I like, whatever. So I was like, I, yeah, Gabby, I guess I'll come over and keep you company because sounds like, like you have some douchey guys over, but I'm not getting ready. Like I'm not putting on any makeup. And like, I literally didn't even bother to put on a bra. I literally threw on a hoodie, leggings, and like, I put a hat on and off I went you know, wait, get there. And I'm, you know, the drinks are flowing. I, one of the guys is like, all right, I better go. And I'm like, oh my God, I was still trying to turn up and have a good time. Like I was not ready for everyone to go to bed. So I'm like, oh my God, you're not going anywhere. And I pour like more bourbon or whiskey or whatever it was in his cup. And I would later find out that like he interpreted that as me hitting on him. But truly in that moment, I was just trying to keep drinking. Like I was not I had no no mind of that. I wish I could show you a picture of what I looked like. Cause it was definitely not trying to get dick, okay? Like definitely not. And I pour more liquor in his drink and he's and I would find out that he thought I was hitting on him. So we th- Late, a little little time goes by, and it really is time to leave. And so I'm getting my shoes on, and my friend Gabby's like, "You're not driving home, Katie. Like you're way too drunk. You're not. You're just gonna stay here." And I'm like, "Uh, "It's fine." It was also snowing, like the roads weren't that good. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I only live a couple minutes away, Gabby. It's like not that big of a deal." And I'm really not that drunk. And the guy that I gave him his drink looks at me, standing at the door. He's getting his shoes on, getting ready to go home too. And he looks at me and he's like, "Well." You can come home with me. Looks at him. And there I go. Off I go into the snow following Golden Boy home. And good old Golden Boy. One of our honorable mentions of the evening. Golden Boy and I go back to his house, do our thing. And... He contact. he hit me up a couple times after that. I did not make an attempt to see Golden Boy for about a month after that. And now that that brings us into January because, because I just wasn't interested. I mean, he was just he was so unavailable. And I remember my friend Gabby being like, I mean, you could try to talk to him. Like, I feel like you guys wouldn't actually be that bad of a pair. And I'm like, um, he's so emotionally unavailable. He's such a fuckboy. All he cares about is getting laid. Like, that was literally cool for a one-night stand, but I'm not getting involved in that. That is the last thing I need to deal with after everything that I've been through. Like, I'm good. And and Gabby agreed. and Golden Boy? Like, was still in the background and as soon as I got bored and hit golden boy up again like it didn't take very long for us to start hooking up and we got a we had a little bit of an agreement that like it was strictly a friends with benefits situation like it was uh, of a situation of convenience and that was all and doesn't every situation start out like that and then it never ever pans out that way because this didn't. So, I decided that I was gonna tell Golden Boy that I was starting to kind of catch feelings because after hooking up with someone multiple, like, a few times, you know, that's just how it goes for me. I told him, I think, I thought that we should start dating or go out on a date. I didn't say we should be dating, but I said, can we at least, like, go out to dinner? Like, if we're gonna do this, like, friends with benefits situation, like, can I do, like, a little bit more than just come over and fuck, like... Can, we, can you like pretend to make like a little bit of effort? And he was like, "No, like <laughs> no, Katie. I, I am not your guy. You have. You're gonna have no problem finding a relationship if that's what you want. Because you're a great girl, and I like you a lot. And like, I really want to be friends with you. And I, I know that if I date you, like, I will fuck it up. And like, I just, I." Don't want to do that, and I and I was like, I'm like that's such a I'm like that's not real, like that's not a reason, like you you don't want to date me because you like me too much as a person, like you can literally go fuck yourself. I was like, whatever. So you know, I was but I was bummed. Like I I started to really like Golden Boy, and I kind of got carried away that like it could be a relationship, and I think. I created more of that in my head than was ever truly reality I know I did and so I was you know I was kind of I was pretty upset about it but I was like okay I got I gotta move on like I you know I'm not gonna continue to subject myself to golden boy if you know he is just gonna you know just want to fuck like that's not and I that's I can't I, I, I wish I could be that girl that doesn't care but I really care I really care And I need more than that. So back to Bumble, I went. I was reflecting on that it had been five months to the day that I had gotten admitted to the hospital. And I was so grateful for how far I had come. And I I was so much happier and health. I mean, healthier as far mentally. You know, I was I was stable at home with my parents. I was hey I was being very social. I was totally functioning at work like in five months. I, you know, I, I had really, really stabilized really quickly. And the medication had made such a difference being on the right medication and and seeing my therapist every week and like really really treating my depression and really taking a look at my unhealthy coping patterns with relationships and with men and with my trauma and you know I was starting to heal I was I was on the journey and so I was feeling way better and I was reflecting it was like only like I of how far I had come in just five months and I I had posted an Instagram about it and I, you know, I had thanked people for listening to my story, for just hanging out with me and holding space for me and providing positivity in my in my life at, the, at that time, in the darkest, you know, moments of my life. And literally that night, I'm, and I really believe in manifestation and like the law of attraction. So I was really in this energy of just gratitude and, and feeling really really grateful for all the growth that I made. And so that night I'm laying in bed and I'm gonna, I was about to go to sleep and I'm scrolling, I'm swiping on Bumble and this boy comes up and I recognize him and he has this like, you know, kind of like medium length, like short to medium length brown hair. And he has this really cute smile and like he's really friendly looking, this like really friendly and sweet looking, and he has a cute dog and like i don't know like i'm just scrolling through his profile and i'm like okay like i and i know him we did go to high school together but i didn't like know him in high school if that makes sense i just kind of we just knew of each other i think so and i had seen him on the dating apps before and we had matched before and so i swiped on him we matched again and i sent like a witty message like here we are, like we meet again <laughs> I'm the dating apps, or you know, whatever. I said something, some opener, and and he responded. And we just kind of started getting in this like banter, and it was a really good conversation. And I'm like, hey, like that, you know, that feels nice. And at the end of the conversation, I gave my number. I said, hey, if you ever want to catch up, like, you know, be great to see you. Uh, I'd love to get a drink, just let me know. And, you know, the next day I went out and got, um, margaritas with my friend Gabby and I had told her I said I matched with this guy actually and like on Bumble and I gave him my number and but like I kind of like felt like there was some potential there but I haven't heard from him and it's been like a day and she's like you gave him his number and he hasn't texted you in 24 hours I'm like yeah or you gave you you gave him your number I said yeah and She was like, yeah, he's definitely not going to call you. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? Fuck you and your negativity, Gabby. Like, whatever. It It was nice. And if he doesn't call me, it's whatever. Like, it was a nice interaction. I don't, whatever. But he did. He ended up texting me, like, the next day. And we made date plans. And we had a great first date. Like, it was, I mean, talk about a guy, like, just taking initiative. I mean, he reached out. He planned the date. Like he picked the place, the time, the whatever. And it was like for the next day. And it just felt so like so easy. And I and I remember thinking that like I'm like, oh, my God, this is what this is what a guy that wants to take a girl out like this is how they act like he wanted to take me out on a date compared to Golden Boy, who was like the idea of taking me to dinner was like a foreign concept. So I was like, oh, my God, what a breath of fresh air. So, I we go on the date. We get cocktails. We have like this really nice kiss at the end of the date. Like it was re- like really one of the best first dates I had been on. The next day, I invite him for um, to go out with like with our friends, and and we end up like hooking up. for the first time and my friends were like don't go home with him like it's too soon like you're gonna fuck this up you always fuck the guy too soon you never wait long enough like blah blah and which is true I'm saying blah blah because it is true that is a unhealthy pattern of mine that I have that I will be changing when I do date again they're like but like you know you can't, like, you can't sleep with him. I'm like, no, guys, this feels right. I know he's into me. I know he's into me for more than sex and, like, a friends with benefits situation. Like, I can just feel it. I can tell he wants to, he's a relationship kind of dude. You know, it's fine. So, we hook up and right afterward, like, very shortly afterward, he's like, so, I actually don't sleep with anybody that I'm not date exclusive with. So like you and I are exclusive now and you're not seeing anyone. Right. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I just met you. I just met you like yesterday. Um, literally. But no, t- technically, no, I'm not seeing anyone. So he's like, OK, yeah, I just don't sleep with anyone that I'm not like. But that's that's I don't like to sleep with anyone that's sleeping with other people. Like, OK, I was a little weirded out. It was a kind of a little bit red flaggy, but I went along with it because he was so great, so cute, so sweet. So, I, he seemed really easygoing and just... Very relaxed and late. He seemed very laid back. (laughs) Um, and he just had this whole image of like exactly the type of partner that I was wanting to manifest. Like, you know, just, you know, we quickly, the relationship moves fairly quickly and like within, um... month within like a month and a half he had he he asked to to for me to be his girlfriend and it was just I felt like the universe was telling me like I had a like there was I was healing like I was I found my person I mean like I, I found a person anyway but my good old friend Gabby Gabby meets this my new boyfriend and she goes you remind me of a boy out of an 80s movie like he had like he would wear like well he would wear he probably still wears like jeans and like a like like a sweater and like white shoes and like a hat backwards and he literally did kind of remind you of Ferris Bueller so good old Ferris Bueller good old Bueller, he was, he checked all the boxes, man, he checked all the boxes, and I was, I was like, fuck yes, I went through the darkest period of my life, I almost died, and within six months, I have met the love of my life, and I I'm gonna be okay, I'm back on track, I totally can be with this guy, and have a life with him, and we could probably, if everything goes well, you know, move in together in a year, and then get engaged a year after that, and, like, I could still be engaged by 30, like, I'm on track, and I, like, basically, like, it, it in no time it's like I was spending the majority of my nights at his house I started you know to the point where he like jokingly told people that we were like living together because I was there so much I started doing his laundry his cleaning taking care of his dog going up grocery shopping for him ordering food for him like I did I I moved my Peloton into his house I got it out of my storage unit with all the shit from my house that I was keeping got my Peloton out of storage and around the time that um that started happening is when I started to really get to know Bueller on another level. And before I go on any further about Bueller, here's what I'm going to say about his personality Bueller has morals and values that are unique to him, and anything that I am repeating in this story. Um, is not necessarily does not necessarily align with my views or beliefs on the world but even though I don't agree with the things that Bueller said and believed I don't think Bueller's a bad person I think he genuinely does have a good heart and I think he does really care uh, some of his beliefs are a little bit different so About two months into us dating, I think we had just started saying I love you to each other. And that's a whole other story of that, how that happened. But um, we just started saying I love you and I and I had introduced him to my parents and Uh, he has still not introduced me to his parents and it was kind of starting to like annoy me because I was like we're saying I love you I'm at your house like fucking four days a week you've met my parents like your parents live in the same town as my parents like there's literally no reason and and the town I technically live in so there's literally no reason I haven't met them other than you're stalling and he was totally stalling and we had talked about it and he had I but also we'd only been dating for two months so it's not like I was really like breathing fire down his neck I wasn't like I better meet your parents but I was like I just want to let you know I want to meet them and you know I I I would hope that you want to introduce me to them too and he like made some weird comment about how in his with his ex that they his parents had like regarded her as like a second daughter and like It was very hard for them when him and his ex broke up and he didn't know how they would take to meeting a new partner for him. And I was like, Bueller, I that's like a really weird thing to tell me, like whether that's true or not, like that makes me uncomfortable. Like I, I don't think I just I mean, I don't deserve to be compared to your ex. You broke up with your ex three years ago. Like which was the case like I don't that's so weird to say um I would come to find out that his his reason for saying that had absolutely nothing to do with his parents and everything to do with himself um but we'll get to that so anyway before I meet his parents I like yeah, I don't know, a week or two before I met his parents, I decided to get my hair cut and sometimes I like to add especially like before a summer break is coming up because I work in education. I like to add a fun color to my hair during the summertime and the and the warmer months. And so the, last year I had decided to dye my hair pr- like purple, you know, or like a dark purple brown ombre like purple. And When I sent a picture of it to Bueller, his response was, basically, I hate it and I don't know how I'm going to introduce you to my parents when you have purple hair. Like, they're going to think you're weird. And when he said that... I. I it was over text and he basically was like I mean I'm like he didn't respond he didn't say I hate it but he didn't respond to to the picture and I was like if you don't like it it's not a big deal and he was like I mean I just don't know how I'm gonna introduce you to my parents now and I was so offended I just didn't respond to the text I was like (laughs) and he knew that that was not the right thing to say to a lady that just got her hair done. And he calls me and he's like, are you mad at me? Like, are you upset? I'm sorry. And I'm like, okay, I don't give a fuck that you don't like my hair. It's hair and I'll do whatever the fuck I want with my hair. And I like it and I think it looks good. And that's all that matters. However, I do have a problem with you Somehow making this an issue about meeting your parents. Like, not cool. Not cool at all. And he immediately, like, retracted. He's like, it's not like that, blah, blah. I just really want it to go well with my parents. I really, and he's like, and why would you want to color your hair in a way that you know I don't like? He's like, you know, if, if you, you know, didn't like, you know, facial hair and I grew a really long beard like and I knew you didn't like it and I grew it on purpose. Like I wouldn't do that. So like why would you do that? And I was like, um maybe because I'm not only thinking about what you would like on my hair. Like I don't I don't even know why we're having this conversation, Bueller. Like, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want with my hair and that's the end of that. And you know, after that, like he it's he became more and more emboldened, I guess, to like make comments about my appearance. And it almost felt like in a way he was kind of embarrassed of me sometimes about my appearance. You know, and I'm definitely like a like a thicker girl. You know, if you've never seen me before you're like you can look at me at pictures of me on Instagram, they're unedited, but like You know, and I had gained weight, you know, since taking my um, antidepressant medication. So, like, I felt like Bueller was just embarrassed of me or I don't know, just was always very critical of my appearance. He would make comments about my hair or my dress as being too short or one time he wouldn't go to run an errand with me because I was wearing Lululemon biker shorts and he claimed that those were underwear and he wasn't going to go out in public with me in my underwear when biker shorts are a trend that like when you're going on a casual errand to the shoe store it's not a big deal to wear it's not like I'm wearing biker shorts like a nice dinner or to work but like it's it was fucking weird and um it, it was annoying but I just kind of would like ignore it but I would tell these like I would tell some of my friends about and my family about some of these comments that he would make and they were just really turned off by it too. And so that was going on and at the same time I was kind of grappling with this situation with Golden Boy was that I was still running into Golden Boy like somewhat regularly even though like because we were in the same friend group or you know I, I would hang around with a lot of people that he was friends with and so a lot of my friends were pressuring me to tell Bueller that I had had a recent sexual relationship with Golden Boy that he deserves to know because it was so recent, and I still see Golden Boy every once in a while, and he should definitely know about it. And if somehow he found out and I had, you know, omitted that information, that that would be a big problem in our relationship, and he and maybe he'd even break up with me and so you know feeling kind of like afraid I guess of like potential repercussions I sat down with Bueller and I was like okay I need to tell you about Golden Boy and and Bueller had met Golden Boy kind of happenstance and you know and he didn't know at the time and I said you know that guy that you met Golden Boy well like we kind of had a very casual relation like sexual relationship like a couple times and it didn't go anywhere it was really not a like not a serious thing whatsoever I he didn't want to date so I ended it and that was you know that was what happened and Bueller was instantly like super suspicious and super defensive about the entire thing and I kept just reiterating like I was I, that there was nothing to be worried about now. It was just like, this is, this is a thing. And like, I will, you know, I just want you to, I want you to be comfortable and I want you to, I want to be transparent. I want to create a trusting foundation to a relationship. I just want to be open with you, have everything out on the table, nothing unsaid. This is what it is. I don't have, like, I'm not harboring feelings for golden boy or anything like that. And he was convinced I was. And so like, I tell him that the next day he's like still spinning about it, like still concerned about it. And pretty much after that point, like our relationship really shifted in that he was, Bueller was like, uh, I don't know how to put this. Bueller was like just way more um, cynical, it seemed, skeptical, but way more skeptical of of me and he would just have comments for like every little thing. It seemed like I was annoying him. It seemed like I was just getting on his nerves a lot more easily. And it just it increased and it increased and you know and and throughout the summer he started, you know, meeting and spending more time with a lot of my friends. And I pride myself on being friends with a lot of different people from lots of different walks of life. And Bueller had a lot to say about many of my friends. Um, And most of it was negative. I think he, you know, he would have a positive comment or two to say occasionally about one of my friends. But the majority of the time it was pretty negative. He would describe my friends, as, like my friend's boyfriend, as like talking to a wall or watching paint dry. Um, my good friend Sammy that's going to be on next week's episode she's transgender and he would tell me all the time that how fucked up it was that we were enabling her mental illness by accepting her as a woman um and just he uh, he was so triggered by Sammy Bueller was, and uh, just had a lot of thoughts about transgender people and that it's a that it's a total mental illness, and that was hard because you know I that was a value of his, and one of my really close friends is trans who I love and care about, and I don't believe that trans being a transgender person means you're mentally ill, so. um, that was that was uncomfortable because i would just have to kind of when i i wanted i wanted the relationship to work so badly because it was like within this within 6 months i found the love of my life and i had this expectation that this was going to be my guy and so i just started to ignore and ignore and ignore all these red flags that made me uncomfortable that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck but I kept pursuing the relationship. The worst one was probably when we were laying in bed one morning and I don't remember why we were talking about um, one of my friends and like that she in the past had dated, you know, guys of color. And he basically looked at me and he said, if you have ever fucked a black guy, like let me know now because that's fucking disgusting and I don't want to date a girl that's fucked a black guy before. And I was like, huh? <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's gross. That's, no. And like, there was another occasion that he said a comment about if he had ever had had a daughter and she brought home an African-American man, like, he would not allow it like he would disown her or like not talk to her or like not not entertain that as a legitimate relationship and i was like these things were like made me really uncomfortable but again i just kind of shrugged and said well i don't agree with that and i but you can have your own opinions about shit i guess but like that is messed up to me. And I think you're kind of messed up for saying that. And then we get into a big fight about me calling him messed up. It came down to one night, my brother's house flooded and Bueller literally, Bueller lives like five minutes away from my brother. And that summer, During the summer that I was dating Bueller and staying a lot at his house, I fully moved out of my parents' house and I moved in with a couple of my girlfriends that lived um, in the same town as Bueller. And so I was renting a place with friends, but I was spending still most of my time at Bueller's. My brother's house floods and my brother calls me and and he's like, I need your help. And I need you to come clean up the flood, and I was at my house that night because Bueller and I had gotten into an argument that out of nowhere Bueller and I it was like a really dumb argument that Bueller had picked, and so I was at home not hanging out with them and I called him because all I was like, yeah, you know, it's my brother. I said, yeah, I'll come over and help you clean your flooded basement with sewer water. All my cleaning supplies are at Bueller's house because I was exclusively like cleaning his house for him like he was doing nothing. And so I called Bueller and I'm like, I need to come get my mop and bucket. My brother's house flooded. It was a bad storm. And he's like, yeah, of course you can come get it. And I get to the door and he literally doesn't even let me in the house. He just barely lets me in the house, hands me the mop and the mop and bucket and is like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm sorry. If your girlfriend is coming to your house late at night to get a mop and bucket to go help her brother who's by himself cleaning up a flood, don't you think the right thing to do in that moment is to offer to help when you're sitting on your ass at home playing video games? You would think, but Bueller did not think of this and didn't offer, and so off I went by myself. I get to my brother's house. My brother's like, I thought you went to Bueller's to get stuff, and I said I did, and he then was logically wondering where Bueller was, and I explained Bueller did not offer to come, and my brother was like, wow, some boyfriend. You got there, Katie, another winner. We got another winner on our hands, don't we? It just threw my head back i was so pissed i went outside and i called bueller and i'm like you know what i am fucking sick of your fucking attitude i don't know what the fuck your problem has been over the last month but i'm tired of it and like something has got to give dude and he was, like, immediately apologetic. Oh, my God, I'm coming over. I'm such a dick. I can't believe I didn't even offer to help. My bad, I'm so, so sorry, blah, blah, blah. He comes over. He, like, does, He like apologizes to my brother. My And my brother's like, okay, like, dude, just help me clean up my basement. Like, it's fine, whatever. And, you know, the next day I pushed to have a conversation with Bueller about that night the night before. I mean, he had said like on the phone, I was yelling at him about it. He was like, I'm just really emotionally unavailable right now and, you know, my anxiety's been really bad and all these different things that like were the reasons he was acting the way he was. And I I was just like, okay, I feel like you either like I, I feel like it's really not any of those things and you just don't really want to date me anymore. And like I'm like if that's the case, like, let's talk about that because Like, I just feel like there's been a huge shift in your demeanor toward me. He's like, I want to be with you. I just like haven't felt like myself lately and I'm just not happy. And it's like nothing to do with you. It's me. And like, I just don't know what I want to do with my life. And I don't know if I like my job and just whatever. Like all this other shit like that had nothing to do with anything. And I said, okay, so you want to work things out, like, you want to keep trying to date, and he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am worried, though, like, it shouldn't be this hard, like, this early on in a relationship, and I'm like, yeah, I know, that's why I'm, I, it doesn't have to be hard, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm making it so hard, I'm like, I mean, uh, Do you want a date or not? So he was like, yes, I want to work it out. It's fine. Like a a month goes by. And all this time, you know, I had been basically forbidden to have any type of contact with Golden Boy and really discouraged to have any type of contact with my friend Gabby because only because you know, Bueller was like, i never, I would never end one of your friendships with one of your girlfriends. I'm never going to control you like that, but I don't want you seeing Golden Boy. And so it was like, became very difficult and very like, he didn't want me to go to Gabby's house because Golden Boy might be there. It turned into this whole thing. And there was some inappropriate shit that did happen with Golden Boy. Like at one point he had reached out to me and he had hit he said some sexually explicit things to me in my dms while i was dating bueller and i showed it to bueller and you know it, it then it turned into a whole big thing and i had to you know block golden boy out of like really block golden boy out of my life at that point not even just like a hey how are you type of in passing thing but i like couldn't have contact with him and I ran into Golden Boy, I didn't run it, I knew he was going to be at this wedding, but I was at a wedding that Golden Boy was in, and he pulls me aside, and we were, like, having this whole, Golden Boy and I are having this whole conversation, and he's like, Katie, I just, I'll talk to Bueller, I will work this out with Bueller, like, I don't you know I don't want this to come between you and Gabby and I hate that and and I you know you're such a good friend like I didn't even get to wish you a happy birthday this year like this summer I saw it was your birthday I didn't even get to say anything and like whatever he's just like I feel really bad I'm so sorry that I slid into your dms when you're clearly happy with Bueller I'm a dick blah blah blah. And he goes, but honestly, the way that Bueller has reacted to this whole thing and the way he's treated you throughout this, like he's clearly a fucking loser and you can do way better than that. Like, I don't even think you should date this guy if that's really how he is. And I'm like, really, golden boy, that's rich as fuck coming from you telling me that I can do way better than Bueller when I tried to date you just a couple months ago and you wanted nothing to do with it because I wasn't up to your standards. Like, fuck off. How condescending. So I'm like, clearly, Golden Boy, like, there is some type of attraction between you and I, and this is why we cannot be friends. And this is why I have to respect Bueller's wishes and not talk to you. And we're having this conversation at this wedding reception, and people are starting to take notice of us, and people are literally coming up to me going, I thought is I thought you had a boyfriend. Like you guys there's some type of chemistry or some like weird energy between you guys like is your boyfriend at this wedding and Bueller was not invited to the wedding so I was there by myself but it was just like it made me uncomfortable because I felt like I was doing something inappropriate you know behind Bueller's back even though I wasn't you know and it was just really uncomfortable and so you know Bueller and I are having this really hard time and it's you know now we're at the end of August of 21 and the date is August 22nd and August 22nd is Voldemort's and I's dating anniversary. So this would have been what I don't know, our like 12th anniversary or something. And so that was, I woke up and it was kind of a weird day because I, you know, I always remembered August 22nd is like me and Voldemort's day, but I wasn't like sad about missing Voldemort or anything. It was just a weird reminder. And so I get up on August 22nd and I was at Bueller's house and I get up and I wake up and I'm laying in bed and I had tried to have sex with him and it just, like we did, but it, it had just, it just like, I could tell he like wasn't in it. Like he was not present. I don't know where he was, but he wasn't having sex with me. And afterward, I just felt like so empty and just so like, like unsatisfied and I just remember laying there and I'm like, this is not it. Like, something has got to change. Like, I don't, I'm this, I don't feel happy. I don't feel happy. And it started to feel like how it felt at the end of me and Voldemort's relationship before I found out about the baby mama. Like, just generally unhappy. I was like, fuck. Like, no, this, this, this can't be happening. Like, I thought this was my guy. Like, it started out so good so August 22nd we get up and I'm feeling that way I'm feeling really shitty and it happened to be Gabby's engagement party with her fiance and so Bueller did not want to go Bueller had been complaining so much that around that time of me dragging him to all different things that he didn't want to do and not you know not setting boundaries we I mean, need he wanted to spend less time with me and i kept asking him to do different things together and he wanted to be alone he wanted to play his video games and watch his tv shows and just have alone time and i you know impeded on that and every time i'd ask him to go to an f- event with friends or go out with me or whatever he it was it was like annoying to him by the end of our relationship and so, like, when we were going to Gabby's engagement party, like, I knew he had, like, no desire to go, um, but he wasn't complaining, you know, and we we, go, we get in the car and we go and, and we get there and it's fine, and he's just kind of being, like, a general stick in the mud, but honestly, he was kind of always like that at that point, so, like, it really wasn't that out of the, like, it really wasn't that different than normal, and about, I don't know, 45 minutes into the party, Golden Boy shows up. Of course, Golden Boy shows up. He's friends with the bride and groom. Like it was appropriate for him to be there. I knew he was going to be there, but I didn't like prep Bueller about it. It's like he knows that Golden Boy is friends with them. Like I, I mean, I assumed he would assume, but you know, you always, you know what they say about assuming it makes an ass out of you and me. So I made the mistake of assuming. And soon as Golden Boy walked into the party, Bueller was just shut down. He was, and I'm texting him, you know, under the table and I'm like, just relax. We'll, you know, we're going to eat dessert and then we can go, you know, just, it's fine. And so Golden Boy gets up and walks over to the table we're at. Bueller stands up and it looks like for like a split second, I literally thought he was squaring up with Golden Boy. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So he gets up and he looks at me. He goes, we're leaving. We're leaving right now. I'm like, oh, then. So I promptly leave the party. We get in the car and. He's pissed. I mean, I go, I said something along the lines of, I don't understand why we can't just all be adults and, like, go go sit through an engagement party for an hour and then leave and not interact. Like, it's not asking that much. And... Bueller lost his fucking mind. He started, he was yelling at me in the car. He's like, I can't believe you would subject me to being around that fucking guy. I don't fucking like him. Blah, blah blah. whatever. He's just losing his shit. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I have done everything you've asked me to do in regards to golden boy. I can't control that. I had sex with them before we started dating. Like it's done. It's over. It was over before we started dating. It's been over the whole time. I know he slid into my DMs. I handled it. I set a boundary. I stopped talking to him. like, what more do you want from me? I stopped hanging out with one of my best friends so that I wouldn't have to see him. Like, what more do you want from me? You, like, like what? I, I don't know what else to do. And Bueller looks at me and he's like, this just isn't going to work. Is a I I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, no, I want this to work. He was like, this is like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, Katie. We keep trying and trying and trying, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't feel right. I, I want, I want, and he said, I, I wish it was. He goes, I want it to work out with you too. I love you. And you're a great person. But like we do not work. And he was right. He was right. But that sucked. That fucking sucked. After that horrible breakup. With Voldemort. And everything that I had gone through. I had felt like I had arrived. And I had healed. And I was going to be in love and happy. For the rest of my life. And. And. When that shattered in that moment, that fucking sucked. And that later that night, after we, you know, he left and we'd broken up, like, I remember crying and saying to one of my friends, like, it's not, like, it's not him. It's just, like, I don't wanna go back on the, I don't wanna go back on the dating apps. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be single. And after Bueller had dumped me, um, I, you know, I had a trip planned to Scottsdale for a bachelorette party and I was standing up at a wedding and all these things coming up, all these things to remind me of, like, how fucking single I was. And, you know, took about a month and I get back on the dating apps and I start, you know, my shit again and, you know, I I recreate a rotation with some new guys, some new meat, and I, none of them were like, so. Well, one of them in particular I really liked, and I'm wondering if he's listening to this podcast right now because it ended very amicably. But um, there was one guy after Bueller that I really liked, and I again, self-sabotaged it because I overthought it and I wanted it to move more quickly than it should have because I want, I was so desperate to not be single and I was lying to myself about that. And so I was attracting people that were like the opposite of that, that like didn't really want a relationship that bad. So, you know, that didn't work out and then I started entertaining Golden Boy again and Trying to kind of convince Golden Boy that we should hook up, and we had been we started talking like every day, and it, it was you know totally friend like platonic conversation. It never like went to that place of like it being sexual or whatever. But I you know I had my feelings for Golden Boy kind of started to come back, did start to come back, not kind of. And I I ended up admitting that to him. I was like you know. Golden Boy, like, ooh, I think I, like, need to take a step back because I'm catching feelings again, and we're not even fucking this time, so, um, that's a problem, and I know you're not, I know you don't want to date me, so, like, I, this, this is hard, and I don't know what to do, and, you know, Golden Boy is staying consistent, he goes, no, Katie, I don't want to date you, but, you know, I wish we could fuck because I would be down for that, but, I don't want to date you I don't and that hurt that fucking hurt so you know I I kind of was just in like a weird I just felt like you know in October of last year I just I started to feel just really like lost and just like I felt like I had come so far but at the same time had so far to go and not really an idea of how to move forward and like where to move forward and around Halloween I I won't get into the whole like logistics of how I found out because it's really boring but I found out that Bueller got back together with his ex that he had broken up with like three years prior That that girl, I mean, he told me all about that breakup. That girl had broken his heart. They, you know, they broke up on a difference of, like, moral values, like, and it was a pretty, like, tough breakup on him. And he got back together with her. And, like, literally like a month after Mueller and I had broken up, and the story on the street was that they rematched. They matched on Hinge, and like, that's how they got back together. Um... I was devastated that felt when I found that out i long story short, I found out because my friend ran into him at a Halloween party, and I was supposed to go to that party, and I was literally um almost on my way to the party, and thank God my friend spotted him before I got there because that would have been horrible um and but would have been a good story um but yeah, he got he's he got back together with his ex and it felt like a kick in the teeth finding that out. It really triggered a lot of my pain about Voldemort and like just the residual like I I, I could I relate to Bueller and that like I remember like the times that I broke up with voldemort and like one time we were broken up for a year and a half and and you get back together it's like this magical honeymoon period where it's like you were my true love all along and like I just got lost for a little bit and like I relate to that feeling and and how um sure you are that like this time it's gonna work and like this is the love of your life like and so it really, even now, I'm not even gonna lie, like, even now talking about it, that, like, the idea of that kind of triggers me, that, like, Bueller moved on that quickly, and Voldemort would always move on quickly, and I just always, it it really triggered this, like, sense of abandonment in me, which I hadn't, like, you know, I, I don't know how to explain that, but uh, without diving into, like, years worth of therapy, but I was just devastated that I was the I was the one being left behind again and all the other guys that I had tried to date it just wasn't panning out and I was frustrated and I was lost and I started I found this came across this Instagram post and the poster I came across this post and it was posted by a woman that called herself Claire the heartbreak coach. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck calls himself a heartbreak coach? And so I am looking at her Instagram and I see she has a podcast and the podcast title is Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And all of her content is about healing your heart and authentically loving yourself. And I'm reading everything, and I'm, I start, I start like binge listening to this woman's podcast, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, th- this is me." <laughs> She's talking to me. She's talking to me. I don't like myself. I don't like myself. I just, I feel like I am attracting all the wrong guys for me. And, and long story short, this woman becomes my life coach, and part of her program. Is, part of her work with me it was that I had to detox from men. I had to get off the dating apps. I had to finally, what my therapist had been saying to me for two years like, Katie, stop dating, stop dating, um, stop lurking on your exes, stop contacting them, stop, 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 all that. She says, You got to start there. First step of my program. You need to cut contact with all of them: Golden Boy, Bueller, Voldemort, anything, any, any man that you're entertaining, having sex with, he got, he's got to go. I was like, oh shit, and I paid a lot of money for this, so I was like, feet to the fire, let's fucking go. And so I did. I went on a man band, as I call it. And I stopped dating men. However, there were some relapses in that. The most epic relapse that I had during my no contact detox is what served as the catalyst for me to finally drop into actually fucking working on myself for the first time it felt like in my life authentically doing so and so i'm going to tell you why what the catalyst was what the relapse was and how it got me there so new year's eve comes around 2021 into 22 and i end up at a party where golden boy is and i had part as part of claire's no contact order i i had actually went and blocked golden boy like completely blocked him from his phone number social media everything and i did so very quietly i didn't like inform him that that's what i was gonna do and he was pissed that i did that and because i didn't warn him or tell him why i did it didn't really know how to explain that. How do you explain to someone that you still have feelings for them, even though you really should have no reason to have feelings for them? And because of that, you had to block. It just didn't seem like something that I could explain. So I didn't, and I just blocked him. So on New Year's, after there was a copious amount of alcohol consumed, we end up getting in a heated conversation about it. And long story shorter. We ended up getting a heated conversation, moved into um, us going home together. (laughs) And we ended up at his house and we... Continued arguing about me blocking him and hurting his feelings, and me professing base—not I don't want to say professing my love for him—but like I was like I'm obsessed with you, and I just want to date you, and and he's and he still is like I seriously don't want to date you. And at that point, I had decided that the reason that Golden Boy, the only reason I could think of that Golden Boy wouldn't date me, is because of my body and my weight, and like he is fine to have sex with me, but I'm too fat. I'm not pretty enough for him to have as a girlfriend. Like, he has to have a higher standard than that. And I took that to heart. And I really, that really cut me deep. And I was bound to determined to have sex with him that night to prove to myself that I was still desirable enough for him to sleep with, at least. And so I did sleep with him. And... Karma works in very interesting ways because sometimes karma takes a while to get somebody and then sometimes karma happens instantly. And in this sense, I experienced instant karma because after months of convincing Bueller that I had no affinity for Golden Boy, here I was fucking him on New Year's Eve. And, and... I was supposed to be having no contact and no sex as part of my, more importantly, as part of my personal growth and healing process. And I was also betraying myself and my commitment to myself. It was like a relapse of crack. And that's how I described it to Claire, my coach, later. I said, I literally feel like I just snorted crack. I was desperate. I was withdrawing. And I, I, I was a like a. Fucking demon getting my hands on crack. <sighs> After we slept together, I wake up early the next morning and it's soaking wet. Just everything feels wet. And I'm like, at first, my first thought is like, holy shit, I started my period in the suit's bed. Like, that's, I've done that before it's so embarrassing. And I was like, no, like not again. (laughs) And I looked down and I did not start my period. And there was no blood. And I'm like, "Okay, it's really wet. And then I start kind of like taking in the visual and like the whole ass bed is like soaking wet, you guys. And I'm like, then it dawns on me that Golden Boy had told us about a situation in a hotel room that he was when he got too drunk he peed the bed and I realized right then and there that I had just been peed on peed on I started 2022 in a puddle of pee that wasn't mine I'm gonna let that sink in for just a minute And so I was ashamed, like very ashamed. And my friends that were there that night and like knew what happened were ashamed of me. Rightfully so. Shameful behavior on so many levels, you guys. And I (laughs) it was bad it was really bad. I mean, I got on a coaching call with my coach and I was like, this is rock bottom. Like, and it, it did feel like rock bottom kind of, it was like, I have gone through so much fucking shit and I'm still letting guys pee on me, not just metaphorically piss on me anymore. They're literally fucking peeing on me is this what the rest of my fucking life is gonna look like I'm just gonna let guy after guy fucking piss all over me and not give a fuck about me is that really what I'm gonna do and I got mad at myself and I needed to get mad I needed to get mad to get fucking motivated and the next day after I spent 24 hours having the worst hangover of the of my life and um allowing myself to like to sit in the shame and blame of that I started to heal and I woke up and I was like all right done I have all these goals for New Year's I am going to start focusing on my physical health again moving my body every day Nourishing my body with nourishing foods that energize me. I'm going to abide by this no contact order with these men. I am going to date myself. I am going to start writing my book. I am going to start my podcast. I am going to go on a trip once a month. I am going to... Spend time with the people that really matter. I am going to continue therapy and continue coaching. I am going to invest in myself. It's time. I'm tired of this. I'm not living my life like this anymore. And as soon as I started to get real, magic Started to happen. And like as soon as I got really serious. And like really fucking committed. And like laser focused on dating myself. And creating. not, Not looking to create a relationship with a man. But like looking how to create a relationship with me. And I had you know around this time. I had moved into a brand new condo. That I had just purchased, new construction. It was all mine. I I decorated it all in all pink. It's like the whole fucking place is grays and beige and gold and pink accents. And it's so girly and it's so cozy. And I started to really sink into like my own fucking magic my own fucking power and today I, I I can sit here and tell you like I am for the first time in my entire life happy like I'm ha- I'm like not just happy I've been happy in my life but but like I'm for the first time I'm peaceful like I'm really at peace and I will tell you in the last week, in the last week of, of releasing this episode, the, my, my first podcast episode, it has, I am like on another level of peace with myself and my healing and my story of like, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful That This is where I've landed and it was a really bumpy road and I almost did not make it and it fucking hurt so badly to get here. Yeah, literally Literally, my cats are fighting in the background. (laughs) Um, it hurts so badly to get here to this place and I made it and I clawed my way fucking through it and bitch you needed to hear this you needed to fucking hear how uh, how one person how one woman was able to do that and if you're facing a obstacle that the mountain looks impenetrable i feel you and it and you can and there there's a community of people that have been through something like that and have come on the come out the other side and no my story doesn't end with me falling in love right now my story ends with me falling in love with me for the first time ever i love what i see in the mirror it's not perfect I'm still heavier than I've ever been because of this, this fucking depression medication, but I love what I see in the mirror. It's free. I feel free, like genuinely free as fuck, from all that stuff that was weighing me down just just a few weeks ago, <laughs> a couple months ago. But like, it it's happening so rapidly because I'm so committed and I'm spending. All of my energy and all of my time on not just like spending it on me, but investing in me and and doing things to grow and change. And it's the most beautiful work I've ever done. And I am in such belief that I will find my partner now. I am. I'm in total belief that love is in the cards for me. As soon as I'm ready to call that into my life, that that will happen for me. And it will be with the right partner this time. And I love myself enough and and see my worth for the first time. And for the first time, will be able to say no and Instead of betraying myself and instead of painting red flags pink, I will say no and save my energy and reserve my time for my guy. And I'm, and my time is coming. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but it's coming. I feel it in my gut and my intuition has never been wrong. And I know that's part of my story and I'm so Looking forward to sharing the next chapter with you all. And I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm so grateful to tell the story. And hopefully inspire somebody. A woman that is in a toxic relationship. That is struggling in a pregnancy. Or had a loss. Or was cheated on. Or is with a guy that doesn't value her. I see you. And you do have value. And I want to hear your story. Thank you guys for listening for so long and holding on to this story. I hope you enjoyed it. I cannot wait to bring on the women coming up in the next few weeks. Next week, I will be sitting down With my gal, Sammy Jade. And Sammy is going to come on the podcast as our first lady guest. And she is going to tell her story of her transition into womanhood. And she is answering all of our questions about about being transgender. And I literally cannot wait I am so excited to open up this dialogue with her she is an amazing human she is an open book I can't wait for her to share her story so tune in next week y'all until then bitch you need to hear this